0: Last time, I'm basefunk.
1: Hey, Lady Nim, do you think you'd be able to verify that I'm the real Zoe?
2: She says, this is but a shade of jealousy and anger and resentment. It has memories, but there's only a fragment of a soul.
3: I know you're not a child in mind.
2: You don't have to be a child in body, either. Has anyone seen Carrie King? She's supposed to be here. I haven't seen her all night. What's,
1: What's the word for brown for hair color?
2: Uh, so it is not that anymore. Your hair goes Super Saiyan.
0: Hey, Winnie, I opened a box full of ghosts. Do you know anything about boxes full of ghosts? <laughs>
1: uh, what is it you do for a profession?
2: My husband was the Necromancer. I'm an Osteomancer.
0: It's a Bonemancer.
2: Uh, nothing can leave Ilium.
3: Including the souls of those who have departed. In order to keep the Ilium from being overrun with the souls of the departed, he concocted a means to contain them. The Necromancer Hawthorne has been dead for some period of time.
0: I mean, I'll I'll leave it to your judgment,
1: Roland.
3: In either case, if it's possible to get any clarification from the warden about what to do, that would be helpful.
1: If you just wanted to be left alone, why did you throw a party?
2: (laughs) I told you, for the skeletons, they've served me faithfully for decades, so every once in a while, I just let them kind of enjoy themselves.
3: How did you acquire that staff? It's a particularly fascinating item.
2: It's kind of a long story, and standing there is. Claudia Rock. And behind her oozes in Robin Rock. I can't believe we didn't just try busting in the window the first thing. That would have made this whole thing a lot easier, huh? And you were caught between Cloud Skeleton Warrior and rival Bounty Hunters.
3: We're caught between some rocks and a bony place here, it looks like. So how white are we? I mean, I'm Sicilian, so that doesn't count. So <laughs>
0: Wait, is my pasty ass literally the least white person here?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I was just
0: playing.
3: <laughs> like I said, I'm Sicilian, which...
0: I'm Puerto Rican.
1: My last name's Larios, which sounds really Hispanic until you find out it's European Spanish, so...
0: Oh, does that count? No. Maybe. I was
1: conceived of in, Mo-
0: in Mogadishu, though, so
1: does that give me anything? Mm-hmm. In a way, I'm kind of African. No, mm. <laughs> actually, no. In a way, a very very small way.
4: Uh, <laughs> I I missed a lot of that, so I'm I'm gonna assume it was something like vaguely uncomfortable. Yeah, ba- based on Austin's reaction. <laughs>
2: so. I, I really want to delve into that, but we are pressed for time, so we got to start <laughs> okay. our fun magic adventure of wizardry and stabbings. Sure.
3: So what I what I think is important. Is that um, we find someone in our group to be the scapegoat and we blame them for everything? I volunteer <laughs> Leon for this position.
2: All of this is getting cut anyway. Oh. There's no point. <laughs> There's no point. None of
1: this. None of this is in the show. Uh, so it turns out we're all the secret of Oh, but it's going to be cut, so it doesn't matter. Right? Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to leave that part in about you
2: claiming to be African. So, I <laughs> mean. <laughs> Well, why would you cut it out? That's, I mean, that's... Come on. I mean, it's just truth that people need to know. Yeah. Um, oh, it got canceled right in the middle of recording. I just got the message.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Not again.
2: <sighs> so, last we left this adventure, uh, you guys were on the second floor of Hawthorne House. On one side of you was The Rocks, the rival bounty hunting group, Claudia and Robin Rock. And on the other side of you was this uh skeleton made of a bunch of mismatched parts that are kind of loose and flying around on this floor. I've referred to it in a bunch of different ways, but I'm gonna give this thing a name now so we can refer to it more easily. Um it's called the Caretaker. Ooh. Uh that's what this character slash creature is called now. But it's it's a skeleton, but all the bones that go to it are don't go to the same skeleton, so it's all like so it kinda of, it's a kind of Frankenstein together is the idea. But it has a spine sword. <laughs> And it is holding it out as if to attack the intruders who have just burst through the window, which are on the other side of you, so you're between these two groups. The rocks kind of straighten themselves up, dust themselves off. Claudia says, thanks for taking care of the skeletons in the yard, guys, and made getting in the window much easier.
3: Fairly obvious what you two are doing up here.
0: The skeleton has a sword, you should just go back out the window, there's nothing good up here.
3: Claudia basically ignores both of you, and she
2: says, have you guys found the necromancer yet?
3: No, because the necromancer is no longer here.
2: Uh, at this point, uh, this, the caretaker steps forward with his sword. It's, it's pretty excited to attack people now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it facing us, or is it facing the rocks?
2: It does not know that you are not together. As far as it's concerned, you're all intruders. Wow.
1: Uh, does it have any sort of way that it's looking, though, or like by body language? Does it look like it's going to attack them first or us?
2: Insight uh, Insight check.
1: Uh, my insight is a five. <laughs> I naturally botched that.
2: Yep, you botched. Uh, Zoe, you think it's about to attack. You have no time to do anything but react instinctually. You have to save everyone now. They're all about to die. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, this worked out well the first time. So, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast magic missile again.
2: Oh, no, I didn't even have the, the wild magic thing up because I thought, surely this can't get Buck Wild this, this soon.
1: Well, you know what? When you botched this early, you kind of had to just let things go as they will damage first. All right, so that's going to be 3d4 plus 3, 13 damage. All
2: right, Zoe so turn and start magic missiling the caretaker, and once again as the different missiles hit it, it kind of breaks apart and loses some of its uh structure. It loses some time pulling itself back together, although you don't seem to be permanently damaging it because this entire floor is filled with flying bones that can kind of just reform, but you buy some time. Uh in the meanwhile, let us see what you get on the wild magic table.
1: I rolled a three.
2: Oh, boy. No. I don't like that reaction. This one's really good. Oh, okay, good. No, this is actually really, really good. So when you are you shoot out your Dragon Ball Z Blast, pew, pew, <laughs> pew, 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 and you start shooting it, the magic that forms these balls kind of just, um it kind of radiates around and through you. You become kind of like covered in just magic, and um you feel like a surge of power within you, and you gain a new spell.
1: Oh, snap!
3: This is exciting, Chris. You just... Basically, cheat coded yourself into more spells.
1: I do what I can.
3: Let's let's see if it, like would it be great is if it's a spell level you can't even cast yet. So you like know a spell, but you can't actually cast because you don't have enough power yet. That'd be the worst.
2: All right, so I went and got the book. Okay. Yep. The spells in the book are are from page two eleven to page to two eighty nine. So pick a number between there.
1: A a number between what exactly?
2: 211 and 289. 288? I told you, this magic is wild.
4: That is very (laughs) wild. Maybe further in the book, maybe further along as you go in the book, the better the spell is. It's alphabetical, you dork. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, then pick Zebra.
1: (laughs) The strongest of all spells. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So don't look at the book. There are four spells on this page. Pick a number one through four, and you get that spell. Three. <laughs> All right. So you have just learned the level three spell, Wind Wall. Ooh. The description of which is, a wall of strong wind rises from the ground at a point you choose within range. So when you get those slots, you will be able to cast that.
1: Now, I actually, I do have third level spell slots right now.
2: Oh, heck. So now you know wind wall and you can cast it. So yeah, you're overcome by this glowing magical energy that surrounds you and infuses you as you surge with wild magic. And, uh, you suddenly feel within you the power to make a wall of wind.
3: F. Yeah. Two, two of the four spells on that page were ninth level spells.
2: I know. And then I, I really liked the idea of him knowing the spell wish. Oh, <laughs> the one that
3: just like fucking changes reality. Ah. Oh! Yep.
1: What was I, what, what would that have been? It's like two?
3: That would have been four on the page, but that would have been a ninth level spell, so you wouldn't be able to cast it until... But
1: I would just know. I would just know. It
3: would have been like knowing the
2: formula for like an atomic bomb. Like, you have a paper, you understand what the numbers mean, but you just don't have the depleted uranium.
1: Damn, this time we live in.
3: So congr- congrats, you actually picked up a spell you could use immediately. <laughs> that is pretty dope.
2: So that's what happens, uh, and the caretaker is uh, stunned, and it has a moment where it's not going to be able to do anything. Anybody else?
0: I want to Eldritch Blast it.
3: See how the most powerful cantrip rolls in this little fight here.
0: Six and six.
2: All right, so those both miss wildly. Woo! As Theodora turns around and uh, holds out a hand, it starts using Eldritch Blast, which is just kind of just like a streak of weird evil force. It's very Lovecraftian. Magic bullets, basically, and they just go in between the gaps in the caretaker and slam into the wall. And you now you're just putting the holes in Alice's house.
0: I like to think Dora is also very sleepy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, there's no reason for that in canon, but it's been a long night.
0: Yeah, it's been a long night. I'm full of ghosts. You don't know my life.
2: And speaking of ghosts, I definitely should have reiterated at the beginning of this that every single square inch of this place is ghosts. Yeah. They're not interacting with you physically, but they're all... It's just... There's a ghost filter
4: over this Instagram. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I attack the skeleton? You can do whatever you want. All right. Bomber Shoot says, i got to do this myself. (laughs) And Botelmo, so bad. Eight. (laughs) I did not hit him. No, you just... (laughs) So you just
2: run forward with your rapier. You pull out of your cane and you just stick it right between the ribs. (laughs) (laughs) Good shot. Because this is a cartoon now. (laughs) Why not? Um, At which point... uh, (laughs) Claudia and Robin just walk past you guys fighting the skeleton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where do they think they're going?
3: Uh, Roland is not going to attack the skeleton, but rather back up into Alice's room and sort of try to block the doorway into there.
2: Oh, okay, so Roland runs ahead of them to try to keep them from getting to Alice, and you block her door with your body?
4: Yes. Okay. Uh Oh.
1: Since... It seems like nobody's been able to hit it. Uh, I think Zoe's basically just going to continue like going Super Saiyan like further and further. So I'm going to cast Magic Missile again. Really? Uh Yeah. Like I mean, come on. There's, okay. like, they're shooting the walls. They're like they're like cartoonishly zapping. Thi- no, I don't cantrips. Fuck that. I got DBZ <laughs> laser blasts.
3: Your cantrips are more powerful because you're level six, so they do double the damage they do normally.
1: And I would like to point out. That none of my cantrips let me shoot out Dragon Ball Z Laser Blast, so... (laughs) He's got you there. Uh, I'm gonna go with that. Listen,
2: if you wanna roll this again, let's go.
1: I wanna do this! Let's let's bring it on! I got a spell last time! I'm gonna keep rolling, alright? Yeah. So, I'm gonna cast it again, and that's gonna be ten damage.
2: You put a bunch more holes in the Caretaker, it's, like, not having a great day.
1: Good. Fuck him. Hope his day sucks.
3: I- I- I mean, (laughs) Firebolt will, on average, do more damage than Magic Missile
1: it's not dbz anime
2: beams (laughs) okay d20 chris three again no i haven't replaced three so you gotta go again damn it all right four well (laughs) okay okay
0: oh no no
2: it's oh jeez. okay bring it zoe you bring it You extend your hands and just shoot more DBZ blast at this guy, and you're just ripping him to pieces. And then suddenly, your final blast is not energy, but a fountain of maple syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Which you fire hose all over this dude in an unstoppable stream as you have maple syrup blast hands now. And you can't stop it.
0: Is this is this maple syrup permanent?
2: You don't know yet. Right now, both of your hands are magically spouting maple syrup <laughs> like a fire
1: hose. I like to think because her hair changed last session, so she's got Super Saiyan hair now, and she's just been firing these blasts out that she's like in that mode of just like the the Dragon Ball Z style of just like ah that she doesn't even care that it's fucking maple syrup shooting around of her hands. Now she's still like just firing with the same intensity and anger, and she'll realize later on that it's maple syrup now. Is the caretaker
4: still on its feet, or did that, like, blast it into a bunch of pieces, at least temporarily?
2: I mean, everyone every time someone hits it, it is reduced to kind of pieces and has to pull itself together comedically. Okay, um, I kind of want to do something, then. Yeah, just be aware, now it's also hella sticky.
4: That's fine. When it becomes just bones, before it comes back together, um, I want to wrap it up in my cape. Mm -hmm. And just, like, tie it, like, tie it up into, like, a bag, so that it can't keep rematil like- turning into a humanoid-sized, you know, foe. Mm-hmm. You can
2: do that. I just want you to be aware it's going to ruin your cape for it to be filled with maple syrupy
4: bones. I understand that, but Bumbershoot's, um desire to stay alive is even more important than his desire to be fancy.
2: Sleight of hand, I guess, to just snatch all the bones out of the
4: air and throw them into your cape? 13. Yeah, so you get a pretty good cape full of bones. I nod it, and then I just... Um, I don't like how this feels, but... This is just something I gotta do. Yeah, you now have a sticky
2: sack of bones. Yes. I'm gonna put that in my equipment list. I mean, that's a phrase right there. So the three of you guys have kind of uh, pacified the caretaker for now? I mean, I didn't do anything. You missed, but it was moral support (laughs) that counted. It was fun. Yeah, the three of you have kind of conquered this uh, pretty dangerous foe for now. Back in the hallway, Roland, you're facing down the rocks. Uh, They kind of regard you uh, with an arched eyebrow. Claudia's real, Robin's very exaggerated and gooey, uh, and Claudia says, what, what are you doing?
3: Roland just sort of sighs, and he says, I told you already, there is no necromancer here.
2: Uh, okay, well, then move? If he's not here, then why are you standing in our way?
3: You can easily look over me, or around me, to see that he's not here.
2: Behind you, the door actually opens, and Alice pokes her head out, because you guys are shooting holes in her walls up here, and she says, oh, what? Oh, no. Who are you now? More? More
3: friends? Not, not exactly. Other bounty hunters.
2: All right, y'all need to get out of here. Everybody needs to leave. Party's over.
3: Please. I mean, Roland's just sort of looking to the rocks to see what the reaction is to her saying that.
2: I mean, they peer over your shoulder, they see kind of an old lady, (laughs) not all their image of the necromancer they're here to see, and so they actually turn around and they just open the other door, and they look in that room, and there's nobody in that room, so they're like, all right, Roland, what's going on here? If you're so smart, you have it all figured out.
3: Well, I said that the necromancer isn't here anymore. If I told you much more, I mean, I would be helping out a rival bounty hunting group.
2: Yeah, we're not expecting you to do it for us. I mean, if you got them already, you can go. We're not going to stop you. It's just you're being weird. Beating us fair and square is one thing, being weird is weird.
3: This town is weird, okay?
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: As, like, fucking maple syrup is still shooting out of my hands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dora licks some of it.
3: I still have a few questions I wanted to ask ask her briefly before we leave, though. Alice, sort of uh he motions to alice
0: if it'll
2: get you guys to leave you can ask your questions i guess she like looks around for the caretaker and she says like where's the skeleton that cleans that that cleans the hallway
4: i want to go into the room with the currently unlocked box and i want to put the bag of bones (laughs) in the box and i want to close the box and then i want to lock the box oh damn that's so mean I mean, it's a little mean, but it's also probably the best idea
2: Leon's had in, like, 80 episodes.
4: <laughs> I won. I won. Yeah. Bumbershoot, says, Bumbershoot looks at himself, and he goes, hero.
2: <laughs> all right, so you open up the containment unit in the other room, and you just throw your sticky sack of bones inside, and they're all still, like, what's the, what's, I was gonna say jingling around, but that's not the sound bones bones make, rattling around. They're
3: clattering. And undulating at the same time, yeah. And
2: not undulating, nope, don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but they're all just moving around and they're trying to do something and you just throw them in there and close the box and you just start closing padlocks on it. You do notice, though, that like the last wisp of ghosts have exited the box yeah. and the, the enchantment's broken, so it's now basically just a box. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but it's a locked box, so you have that going for you. I guess. Um, so back in the hallway, Alice has said to the rest of you, like, where's her skeleton?
1: Uh, so quick uh, clarification. Are my hands just still unconsciously shooting out maple syrup, or is that stopped?
2: No, it's still- it's still in the background of this scene, you're just (laughs) constantly spraying maple syrup.
1: Uh, I'm gonna try, like, if I, like, close my fist, does it just shoot out of, like, the cracks of my fingers?
4: Yes. (laughs) Aww. shoot decides to lie, and he says- the skeleton went on vacation. <laughs> Alice says he shouldn't be able to do that. Bummer sheep just shrugs.
2: Okay.
3: Your caretaker was reacting to them. Roland points over to the rocks.
2: To be clear, the caretaker did react to you guys when you came up. <laughs> yeah, you're you're lying too.
4: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> We're all lying.
3: I'm not lying.
4: He, he reacted to all of us. It's trying to kill Yeah,
3: I, I didn't say that it didn't react to us. I said that it reacted <laughs> oh, okay. to them. Fair enough.
2: I, it's a very lawyer answer, and I'm very much into it. <laughs> but for the time being, let's just say she's accepted uh, Bumbershoot's lie. Okay. Because it was very funny. <laughs> um, right. uh, but she says, listen, if, if you have to ask me questions before you leave, ask me your questions and then leave, please.
3: I mean, are the rocks just still just standing there? I mean...
2: I mean, they want to hear what the questions and answers are.
3: I don't want them to be around when I'm asking the question, so...
0: So I was gonna say to Zoe, hey, maple syrup them. Sure!
2: And I'm gonna maple syrup them. Alright, so Zoe, you turn your maple syrup cannons on the rocks. Oh god. She's I- like, Do you guys
1: like pancakes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> At which point, uh, Robin, uh, stretches into, like, a huge wall basically to try to block the spray so it doesn't hit Claudia. So you're just syruping this gelatinous cube wall and uh he's just getting f- filled up with syrup so he's like a light greenish color and it's like becoming darkened from syrup as you kind of fill the goo monster with other goo
4: okay this isn't working so um I mean it's doing something you' you're <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what yet but okay but bumpershoot says all right no this isn't gonna get us anywhere and then I'm gonna try to use vampire control on the rocks and I say. Let's the three of us go downstairs and have a drink. Persuasion?
2: Uh, I would say advantage because of your vampire control, but it's actually the advantage of that cancels out with the disadvantage of trying to persuade an active hostile foe to stop what they're that's doing. That's fair. So it's a regular, regular persuasion. 20. Well, all right, that's pretty good. So you suggest <laughs> to the Rocks to go downstairs and have a drink with you. They're still looking for a target. So once again, persuasion checks aren't mind controlled and aren't immediately bent to your will. <laughs> Uh, but Claudia says, listen, if he's not here, then you wouldn't mind us just looking around. And then I guess if he's not, he's really not here, we'll go look somewhere else. I don't like, who, who are you lady? And Alice says, my name's Alice. I live here. This is my house. And Claudia says, are you a necromancer? (laughs) And Alice says, no. And, uh, Claudia says, well, Roland, you have that zone of truth, right? (laughs) Would you mind? We could
4: just get this out in the open right now.
3: Nope, I can't cast it. I've used up all my spell slots, so
4: Can you pre- can you pretend to cast it and just make theremin noises?
3: <laughs> He's not gonna do that.
4: <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, Roland just shakes his head. It's like I've tapped out most of my magical reserves for the day, so I wouldn't be able to cast that at this time.
2: So your gods abandoned you? That was quick.
3: That's not even an accurate interpretation of what I said.
2: Listen, I don't know anything about your church nonsense.
3: You you know about magic, though. You understand how magic works and how spell slots work, right?
2: Well, in-universe, we don't say spell slots, Roland. Because <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense for the world we're in. But yes, I understand spell slots. I'm mostly giving you a hard time because that's my character. <laughs> I know. I... I,
3: I... <laughs> <laughs> giving back sass because Roland doesn't have any patience for that. So.
1: Can I try to angle my uh like maple syrup thing to like arc over the blob wall <laughs> to hit Claudia? <sighs> oh my
2: god. <laughs> They were interpreting this as kind of like a playful assholery, but if you're gonna go, like, above and beyond and out of your way-
1: I'm not trying- it's not like I'm actively trying to, like, shit on their parade, but she's being kind of mean to Roland, who's, like, the only person who's really been, uh, super cool to Zoe thus far, so-
4: I nearly had them with my vampire powers, and y'all gotta keep throwing syrup.
2: Oh, that's right. I do like oh. the image. I just want to be clear that you're escalating it. Oh. So like, this is going from a, from a joke to like, <laughs> seriously stop. You can, you can 100% do it. I'm just, I just don't, I just don't want it to come as a surprise.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think if, if the, the impression I'm getting is that Roland is like playing along with their kind of like back and forth, then it's fine. I just thought she was kind of just shitting all over him by being like, oh, your gods abandoned you. So, in
2: the Roll20, the image I have for Claudia Rock is Connie from Steven Universe. I might need to update that to, like, the most shade-eye Rihanna picture or something, because she's way sassier in my imagination. So, I'm going to do that soon, so everyone gets a clearer picture of that character. She's going to be uh, rude as often as possible without being mean.
0: Dora's going to say, Well, you guys can just sit up here and talk. To this old lady, as much as you want. I'm gonna go downstairs and look for the real necromancer. <laughs> I'm gonna roll deception. Yeah, you are. I rolled a 15.
2: Alright, so that's pretty good. Do you want to sell it by leaving?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm going downstairs anyway. I have my own plan.
2: Alright, what about you, Bumber? Shoot, you also were trying to get them to go downstairs. If you both leave, that's much more persuasive.
4: Yeah, I mean that. That's that's his plan. I mean, he he has nothing else to do up here. He doesn't even care about this lady. I don't think he was entirely aware of who she is until they said because he was busy making ghosts. Yes, he was busy yeah. making ghosts. Yeah, that was that was a thing. Are there still are there have the ghosts dissipated or are they still all over? The... No,
0: it's all ghosts all the time. Okay,
4: then Bumba shoots says, "I hate having all these ghosts in my holes."
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, and ghosts peek out of all of your holes simultaneously and on cue. I should hope so. As Bumbershoot and Theodora leave the second floor and just walk down the stairs, uh, after looking for the retreating avogars to Alice and back a couple times, the rocks actually just shrug and follow. They're not 100% convinced that Roland isn't trying to pull a fast one, but they also don't want to let Theodora and Bumbershoot get the drop. So they're going to go try to check on you guys. So there's a brief window here where Roland can question Alice without being overheard.
0: I'm going to send a message to Roland before I get too far away using message. My cantrip? Yes. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to go see if any of these skeletons are wearing this dude's clothes and also get these guys out of your hair. Sorry about the ghosts.
3: We'll talk about ghosts later. Thanks for being a distraction.
0: I send the thumbs thumbs up emoji.
3: Roland then looks to Alice and sighs and says, I'm deeply sorry about all the troubles that have been caused during this party, Alice.
2: I can tell you you don't mean anything by it, but this has really been quite unpleasant and unfortunate.
3: Oh, I totally agree that it has been. But there's one thing I have to do briefly before we move on from here. Roland motions briefly to the Dragonbone staff into this. I was asking you earlier about how you and your husband acquired that. You said there's a little bit of a story.
2: Yeah, it's not... It doesn't reflect very well on Max.
3: Given why we were sent here for, I will assure you that nothing that you say is going to be used against you in any capacity. So it will not reflect badly on you from my perspective.
2: Wait, does Ilium have the Fifth Amendment?
3: (laughs) I mean, Roland, his mannerism, his presence, it makes it very clear that he is paladin-like. So
2: yeah i just I just like the idea of you being like, Listen, here are the disclosure rules <laughs> for our arrangement. She has immunity from the d a
3: right I mean like Roland saying, this is specifically why I wanted those two out of here because I can't trust what they will do.
2: I mean they didn't seem so bad
3: they they were they were likely to take you in thinking that you were the necromancer that the barden was asking for.
2: well, I didn't do anything wrong, so i don't they can't do anything to me.
3: I'm aware. But I'm trying to prevent any further uh, unpleasantries.
2: So if I tell you this, will you leave? Is this just the one question? Because
3: Almost assuredly, yes. If At most, it would be one very small request afterwards. You have my word.
2: All right. Well, outside of here, when we actually lived in the world many years ago, my husband was doing his work and trying to uh, help people with his magic, solving problems with spirits, putting down vengeful ghosts and laying to rest uneasy souls. And uh obviously there was many people in the world who have prejudices and preconceived notions about necromancy and we were hassled pretty much everywhere we went. And uh you have to understand that <laughs> Max was very protective of me and when some of the some church folks were trying to run us out of town things got violent and so the next town we went to he knew things would get violent again and so he stole that this is a sacred artifact some kind of relic from some sort of good dragon god it was blessed by him or something and it was important to the people was so when they came for us he was able to defend us and when we escaped here Some of them came after us and he defended me again. So I mean we owe our lives to this staff, but he did I mean he did steal it and he has and he did kill people.
3: Roland just nods and then says I mean it's regrettable that I had to come to those actions, but desperation sometimes calls for certain actions. But as I said, this is nothing that I'm going to hold you hold against you for. The only other thing is, in order to stop the warden's request for your husband, as it were, I was wondering if it would be possible to present his wedding ring with the sigil as an indication that he is no longer with you.
2: So that's a pretty big ask. Can you roll persuasion? Because because that's kind of a lot to ask.
3: I I know it's a lot to ask. I was basically reading the thing. So it's 17 is the result.
2: All right, so that's pretty good. So she looks deeply in thought for a moment as she considers it and says, So you're going to take Max's wedding ring and then no one will come and bother us anymore?
3: Hopefully, I'll have a way of returning it back to you. But it is probably the best piece of evidence I can provide to prove that that people are searching for a necromancer that simply isn't there anymore.
2: I mean, I don't like it, but... It seems like the best thing to do, and it seems like you're going out of your way for me, and I can appreciate that, even if you did bring all your rowdy friends (laughs) into my house and smash a bunch of my stuff and wreck the party.
3: And release all those ghosts, and yes, I'm aware that there's damages that will have to be addressed here, and I've already promised to help on that regard as well, but hopefully that will come after uh, we deal with this request.
2: Um. So right now, uh, Theodora has the ring, right?
3: Right now, Theodora has the ring.
2: Oh, yeah. All right. So real quick, during that conversation, Zoe, what were you doing?
1: Uh, because Robin's no longer there to absorb the maple syrup, I think she probably has gone to the window that the rocks crashed in through and is just kind of like holding her hands out the window. <laughs> so at least the maple syrup doesn't just go onto the floor.
2: Okay, that is amazing. <laughs> You're spraying maple syrup out the second story window into the lawn in a, just a <laughs> puddle. Yeah. Uh, that's a brilliant image. Theodora and shoot. what do you guys do on the first floor?
4: Um, the skeletons are still around, right?
2: Yeah, so you guys left them, they were in like a riot at the Bottom of the stairs, but as soon as you left, it became boring. So they went back into the other room and they're like okay. almost exactly where they were when you walked into the party for the very first time, just like standing around. And one of them is playing a piano and they're just going through the motions of like drinking and talking, even though they're not. Okay, it's as if they've been like reset to their factory default, and it's kind of weird.
4: Uh, I want to try something, I want to take off the skull of one of them.
0: <laughs>
4: okay. You walk over and you pluck the skull off of one of the skeletons.
2: Does its mouth still move, or is it just done now? That's a great question. Uh, you pop it off, and not only is the mouth like still going through the motions of the conversations, but a lot of the skeletons like turn and look at you, like the ones that are in
4: like visual range, like turn and look to see what you're doing. Oh, I'm stealing the skull. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting my reward. I'm not. I'm not getting my reward. And uh, as previously established, Bumbershoot loves skulls. And this is a great one because it moves on its own. So, you're going to put it in your bag? Yep. Jesus Christ. So, if you remember,
2: the skeletons are going through the motions of the party because <laughs> they kind of have this very vague echo of like human interaction that they carry with them yeah. from their time as mortals. Yeah. And so they interpret things in a very basic surface level. So, they see like people getting aggro at each other and like oh it's a fight to watch and they see people hugging and they're like oh it's dance time like they they have a very like weird childlike simple understanding of things so when you see so when they see you take a skull off of one of them as far as they're concerned you just ripped a head off a party guest and you're trying to take it with you and so they all flip right the hell out and start running around
4: because you just decapitated a dude so long as they're scared of me you know that's fine
0: Dude, put that skull back. No. You can't just be taking people's skulls.
4: I feel like I am owed a skull.
0: You ain't owed shit. Put that skull back.
4: I am absolutely not putting it back.
0: I'm going to fill your room with crabs.
2: The rocks walk up behind you guys, because remember, the whole point of you leaving was to leave them away, and they see this argument, and (laughs) Claudia says, uh, is that the necromancer's head? What's going on?
0: No, he's just a dick.
2: I mean, yeah. (laughs) agreed where's the necromancer
0: I don't know I'm looking for him that's the whole point of coming down here also if I knew I wouldn't tell you I love you guys but you gotta think Claudia
2: (laughs) Uh, Robin kind of forms a spout with his arm and just squirts some maple syrup at you guys
0: can I catch it in my mouth
2: (laughs) absolutely
0: do I have to roll for that
2: Uh, dexterity I'm gonna duck out of the way I rolled an 8 no, it mostly hits you in the face.
0: I'm okay with that.
2: <laughs> okay, you have a sticky face now.
0: Uh, I want to investigate all the skeletons to see if any of them are wearing clothes that match the portrait I had of Maximilian. Ooh,
4: that's a good idea.
2: So, perception to look around. So right now, remember, in this dance hall, there's like 20 skeletons who are just running around in circles like chickens with their heads cut off because <laughs> they've just seen a, a, what to them is a brutal battery in a skele-murder. I all the 20 oh right nice so you look at all of these skeletons in this room and they're all dressed in like nice party attire like tuxedos and suits we talked about this a little bit at the very very beginning but they're dressed as if they're at like a jazz club and it's very nice and the portraits you've seen of maximilian are kind of more stereotypical robes like stuff that um obviously like a necromancer or a wizard would work in but also like doctor doctor scrubs crossed with necromancer robe and none of them are wearing that um, and you saw some of those clothes in the master bedroom when you searched. Okay. So no, you do not think you have seen any skeletons in this entire house dressed like Max when he was alive. Dang. Do any of them have a cape? <laughs> no. Uh, Garrick did.
0: <laughs> oh, please go steal Garrick's cake cape. Also his cake.
2: I, I, do we see him anywhere? I mean, he he he
4: walked off in a huff or something.
2: Zoe blew his hat off, and after yeah. being snubbed and left alone because Lady Nim left yeah carrie never showed up blood mountain never showed up uh no left like there's just basically just skeletons and uh garrick seems like he got tired of being disrespected and abandoned and he also left
0: oh oh he didn't go to the cellar to drink all the wine
2: i mean you could go check literally if you you don't need to roll anything you walk and peer down into the cellar and he's not there and the rocks are just following you around
0: is there any food left in there
2: in the cellar, yeah, there's food in here because what the the skeletons come down and get it, and they take it to the kitchen and they cook it, and then they leave it for Alice.
0: I want to take some.
4: Let's just loot the entire place. I mean, you guys want to loot this entire place?
0: I just want something to sop up the syrup with, and also I'm hungry.
4: <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess if we we switch our plan to just looting, the rocks we will get impatient. So maybe we should do whatever. It, I mean, once uh Roland has this information and comes downstairs, we should leave, right?
0: Yeah
2: you want to roll investigation to loot this place for valuable stuff?
4: I will. I will definitely roll investigation to loot this place for valuable stuff.
0: I want to roll investigation to loot this place for delicious snacks.
4: Alright,
2: so give me two looting rolls.
0: I rolled a (laughs) ten. Eleven.
2: right. so neither of those are stellar looting rolls. You guys go down to the cellar, you grab a wheel of cheese, you grab a a wine bottle, you don't know if it's good or not. The rocks are kind of like watching you and they're like not sure if this is part of your investigation or if you're just jerking them around, and then you guys walk around into the kitchen, maybe try to find some more silver. You had average rolls. So you guys don't find anything particularly scintillating, Um, but as you're going through the drawers looking for silver to steal, the rocks kind of get fed up with you and start walking away, at which point for the first time, you notice ghosts seeping through the ceiling as they start to fill the first floor.
0: Oh, nice! More ghosts!
2: Uh Well, not more ghosts, just the same ghosts now they're spreading out. Zoe, on the second floor, you also notice they're coming out the window now. Because you're standing out there shooting <laughs> syrup into the yard. And now the ghosts are starting to float away. uh As far as you can tell, it's the whatever the enchantment was that held them in the unit was also kind of keeping them there for a little bit. But as that has dissipated, they're now like, oh, we're just free to go. So they were kind of being clumped for a while. But now that they're basically just free range ghosts now. And so from the epicenter of Hawthorne House, there's just an expanding wave of ghosts emanating out.
0: I just want to make it clear that Dora considers this a win. <laughs> okay,
2: is this, this is a very good prank.
0: Not only is it like the best prank, but it's something that would probably please Gany. Oh yeah. So Dora's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna steal this wheel of cheese, there's ghosts everywhere, everything's good. I
1: wanna just try like if zoe tries casting one of her cantrips or something like that like if she tries to cast gust does a spell come out or is it just still maple syrup
2: all right so you're gonna cast gust
1: yeah like she's just again her hands are like just facing out the window towards the lawn
2: yeah and you shoot a blast of wind out of your hands which carries away with it the last spurt of maple syrup as you kind of clean those lines out and your hands are hands again (laughs) and the maple situation has resolved itself well, that was weird. So Alice looks at Roland and says, Will that be all? Can, can I go back to my life now?
3: That is all for the time being. Hopefully the next time I'm here, it is to, well, help repair some of the damage that has been caused here.
2: That's very sweet, but I'm always looking for things for the skeletons to do. I mean, they can patch up the holes and windows. And
3: If you, if you insist, I'm more than happy to offer that as... During my routes around the town, I tend to do small jobs like this, so it's not a problem on my part, but if you prefer it otherwise, then hopefully the next time I see you, I'm able to return your husband's ring to you.
2: Oh, uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Also, if you if any other necromancers <laughs> entered the town, we, we really should get the ghosts back. Yes. Obviously, people who have passed on but haven't entered the afterlife are in a kind of terrible tormenting limbo Mm -hmm. having never experienced it myself i don't know how much i can speak to it but my understanding is max's life's work helped them achieve some sort of rest in between now and when we can finally figure out how to get them out and just having them out there is not going to do anything good for this town
3: well hopefully we can do it and hopefully it can also help put max's soul to rest in a more complete manner thank you I hope you rest well then, Alice. Zoe, it's time for us to go.
1: But before uh Zoe like leaves, she's gonna go up to Alice and she's gonna she's gonna be kinda like rubbing one arm and like looking down to the ground like a like a the scolded child would kinda look. And she's gonna say, Uh I'm sorry for all the damage and stuff that I may have caused. It wasn't intentional, I swear.
2: That's okay, child. It seems like uh your friends are Good people at heart, and it looks like everything worked out for the best, so don't worry about it.
1: If you decide to have another party, uh, maybe I could come and entertain your skeletons. I'm sure they would love that. Thank you. By the way, do you know if maple syrup is good for grass? I'm- I'm asking for a friend.
3: What? (laughs) Gotta go! That's a good cutaway.
2: (laughs) The avant-guards regroup at the bottom of the staircase. Uh, some of you have pilfered items, <laughs> I guess. But the first thing that Roland and Zoe notice when they get down to the first floor is that the skeletons are going berserk down here.
0: Dora's gonna say immediately, "Hey, Roland, oh. he stole a skull." <laughs> no, no,
4: I, I try. I try to put my hand over her mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Roland's gonna say, "Why are the skeletons panicking?"
4: Mur, 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 mur. It's a new dance craze.
3: <laughs> Roland's going to look Bumbershoot right in the eyes, like dead in the eyes, and, uh-huh. and point at him accusingly and just say, The skeletons here would not be panicking unless something caused them to panic.
4: Um, <laughs> I feel like, first of all, I feel like Dora should back me up, but whatever. Um,
0: no, I like fucking with you.
4: We're mischief buddies. This is not cool. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you called me a busy little sausage.
4: It was great. <laughs> Everyone loved that line. We talked about
0: it. was great.
4: I'm going to say, um, Bumbershoot uh, says, I did vampire magic, bat stuff. They didn't understand.
0: i want to send a message to Roland and be like, he stole a skull.
4: Why? Why would you do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> because she likes fucking with people. That's her whole deal.
4: I know, but. We're- Sick prank, bro. <laughs>
3: Roland just sort of, like, puts his hand on his face, rubs it, soul, and says, Listen, if you're going to steal from a widow, mm-hmm. it would help if you didn't steal the party guests.
4: Does that mean I can steal other things? No. Oh, it just sounded like that was what you meant.
3: No. <laughs> it's not what I meant. Does Muppertruva have, like, a bag or something they stuffed the skull in?
4: Yeah, I imagine that it is moving around inside of it.
3: (laughs) I would suspect that's the case, too.
4: I'm going to take it out and sort of, like, punt it away. (laughs) Oh, my God! Fine! There! Well, that's a bit extreme. Yep, it sure was.
2: As you punt away the skull, it hits the ground, like, clacking uh, comedically. um, And then uh, the skeletons (laughs) see it. Uh, what to them is I guess a disembodied head and it does not calm them down <sighs> um, and as these ghosts fill the first floor the rocks come over to you guys uh, and Claudia says listen I don't know what you guys are into or what you're doing you're all a bunch of weirdos and I think you're messing with us so we're just going to take that lady in and if it's not the right lady then the warden will let her go <laughs>
4: uh, Bumbershoot doesn't exactly know what's going on because like he wasn't part of all this so he just kind of shoots rolling a look like, are we gonna let this happen?
0: Dora's gonna say, guys, we have a rapport. Me and you. Trust me, that's not the lady, because I already would've taken her. Also, please leave the lady alone. I I ruined her ghost box, and I kinda feel a little bad about it. Not really because they're fun, but just leave the old lady. Let her be old in peace.
2: Claudia says, if we go back up through the window and try to grab her, are you gonna stop us? Is that where we are right now?
3: Yes. That is where we are right now. Yeah. Oh, shit.
0: Can I try persuasion?
2: Well, I want Roland to roll intimidation if he's going to say that. Uh, With advantage, because you you guys outnumber them. Plus, he's very big.
3: Intimidation's actually one of the skills he's not good at at all. He has a minus two to it. Oh. (laughs) I got a four.
2: Oh. Oh, no.
3: (laughs) Yeah, not great. Rolling's not intimidating, but...
2: That's fine. Claudia just says, listen, there's professional courtesy... But if we try to get past you, and you attack us, then, then the warden sends us after you. You know what I'm saying? That's You can't attack other people. So, you're kind of in a bind here. You can't really stop us without becoming criminals yourselves.
1: But we already completed the mission!
2: Oh, do you have the necromancer in your pocket?
0: <clears throat> oh my god. Pull out the skull. Oh no, you already bunted it. Never mind. The
2: skull's clacking on the ground like five feet away.
3: The necromancer... Has already been dead. He is not here, and therefore there is no one to actually take in for the request.
4: Oh,
2: I feels like it would have been really simple to say a while ago.
3: I already said earlier that he wasn't here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe that he was like in another castle or something.
3: <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to see that her husband was dead in front of her like that. Okay.
2: Oh, you're too thoughtful for your own good, dude. We're just trying to, I'm just trying to get paid here.
3: So are we, but it's hard to get paid when you have no mark to take in.
2: Everyone has their own reasons. Everyone has their own stuff going on. But, and she kind of looks to Robin with meaning, but like not obviously. And she says, I can't afford to let you guys stop me. So for the future, if there is a mark, we're going to, we're going to take them.
3: I'm, oh, I'm, I'm aware. i the only reason why I was trying to stop you is because the mark isn't there.
2: Okay. I'm just wanted to, I just want things to be clear between us.
3: They're more than clear enough, Claudia.
2: She uh looks around, sees that the skeleton situation is perplexingly rowdy, <laughs> and she just shakes her head and just takes Robin and they walk out of Hawthorne House, convinced of the truth of your statement, um because that they searched both floors pretty thoroughly. And you guys seem to be leaving without anyone.
3: Uh, Roland's gonna look to see if he can find the skeleton that does not have a head on it currently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and he will place the skull back on its neck.
2: All the skeletons throw their hands up in jubilation. Oh. He has risen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that Skeleton Jesus now?
3: Now they're gonna be getting the dance scene for one of the Blues Brothers or otherwise where it's just like a church scene.
2: Yeah, they all like hold hands and do ring around the rosier around this guy because you have resurrected him. These skeletons are just the weirdest little dudes. I love them very much. But yeah, you've brought order back to the party as much as it is a party. And Dora has the ring.
3: All right. Well, we have something to take into the warden at least.
2: So as you guys go to walk out of Hawthorne House, um, all towards the door, I guess in a cool Reservoir Dogs team shot. <laughs> The ghosts that have been spreading across the mansion, mm-hmm. a lot of them have left. It's pretty actually thin uh, in here, as opposed to the, just the total saturation of the second floor. But one ghost floats down in front of you guys with some deliberation, very specifically as if to block you with his ghostly body. Um, but you can't really tell any features because of the, it's like a translucent human form. It's These aren't like um, just like see-through people.
0: Mm-hmm. Do we walk through them.
3: The only thing I, I'm trying to get what I have in my arsenal. I got like lay on hands and some other spells. But like I can't use those to interact with the ghost, can I? Not that
2: I know of. Ghosts are kind of a cool thing in D anD. d In that they are actually really hard to interact with. You usually need a silver sword or some kind of uh, magic. Mm-hmm. So they're not they're no joke. But this one doesn't seem to be attacking you. It just floats down in front of you and regards you. And you'll have to walk through it to get through the doors to leave the party i have silver knives does that count uh so you did steal silver from the kitchen you know what yep so yeah you do have a silver item it's not uh any kind of special D D weapon but it is for flavor silver so yeah does that no I, i'm like literally
4: asking like does does bumbershoot know whether or not that would work with communicating with the ghost
2: I mean, you're undead, so I'm not going to make you roll for undead knowledge. You know that silver interacts with uh, ghosts, and you know you have something silver. That's what you know.
4: Okay. Um. In that case, uh, Bumbershoot uh, takes out uh, a silver knife. Um. And says, "Back off, ghost." <laughs> the ghost kind of floats backward
2: away from you to- and gives you room. Yeah. Um. And it just it's just staring like dead into you now, Bumbershoot. But it's got out of your way. Good. All right. I'm leaving.
3: Is that you, Max? Is that you, Mr. Hawthorne?
2: The ghost uh, t- turns his attention away from Shoot to Roland and just stares dead into you.
3: Roland just sort of stares his back and then, I don't know, like, insight or religion are the only things I have in my arsenal that could possibly glean things from the situation.
2: Insight is fine. 16. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't think this is an incredible plot twist, but yes, you you think this is probably Maximilian Hawthorne's ghost regarding you, and since you actually didn't do anything to menace or harm Alice, it is not hostile, it is not attacking you, it is keeping an eye on you, but it seems like, as was established, he was very protective of Alice, and you, you guys acted in her best interest. So this, I mean, this could be if you had run up and punched her in the face and tried to carry her off, maybe. This would have been worse. Yeah, maybe he'd be inside of you right now, eating your bones or something. (laughs) But right now, he's just kind of staring you guys down.
3: We'll try to do what we can to return your items back to Alice and to keep the other bounty hunters away from her.
2: The ghost just stares stares at you. Mm-hmm. It uh, doesn't seem like it has a, a lot of personhood right now. It just seems to be, like, acting on an instinct and an emotion. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it heard what you said.
0: And Dora's gonna say, Sorry for opening the ghost box. My bad.
2: <laughs> when you draw attention to yourself, Dora, it looks at you, and then it sees you wearing his red- wedding ring. Uh-oh. Oh. And just kind of reaches weakly out at it. Oh. Not, like, menacingly, but just, like, extends a hand. Oh
0: yeah I know we're gonna get it back if we can. We just gotta show it to a dude.
3: <laughs> you do what you must to protect Alice. up simply regards and then heads on out with the others.
2: all right, so you guys leave Hawthorne House, yeah, and as you do so, uh you see the ghost of Maximilian Hawthorne standing in the threshold watching you go, and after you get to like the the gates outside the house the uh, the doors untouched swing close. And you have returned uh, the house to its master, in a way. In a way. In a way. Um, and you guys see right now this this image of Ilium, or this charming little village with all these tiny little residential areas, and then the one big hotel. And you, you see in the very center the huge tower of the sacrum, and you also see just a flood of ghosts going all across the sky inside this uh, shimmering aurora borealis type force field around the town and it's like in my mind it's quite an image because it's like dark now Mm -hmm. and there's just this ghost streaking across the sky and the background's like shimmering rainbow colors
3: it it sounds like it'd be appropriate to have like the the ending music to poltergeist or some other sort of you know film with (laughs) like the children's choir singing and stuff like that yeah it's perfectly spooky but melancholy
2: very spooky Latin yes. in the background. Um, but I assume, unless there's any objections, you guys go straight to the sacrum. Mm-hmm. Which in-universe is kind of a combination of sacred and sanctum. Although people were very quick to pick up on some of my naming techniques this season. It's hard to hide things when your audience is very smart. <laughs> yes. That's something I've noticed. Yeah. it's I feel like... If I was just playing this with like three or four of my friends, like none of my jokes would like maybe once in a while someone would pick up on something. But since there's like a thousand people tearing apart every episode, everything's almost immediately dissected, which is cool. It's just like makes me have to up my game. <laughs> it's just quite a thing. Um, But you guys walk to the center of town. There's this huge white tower. It isn't segmented into like obvious floors. So you don't know how many floors it is, but it's the tallest building in the whole town, there's the orb on top, which does the day-night cycle. And there isn't any windows along it. Um, and as we've talked about before, it looks kind of like a lighthouse. Um, that's the the vibe it gives off. It has kind of a, a church-esque front door. So, like, two big doors with, like, rings to pull. Um, so if anybody wants to say or do anything before you go in, now's the time.
3: It might be a better look if you're not actually wearing the ring, uh, Dora. Just, just saying.
0: Fair point. I'm going to take it off.
2: All right, <laughs> all right. so you guys enter the sacrum. You open these big doors and walk into the tower. And on the first floor, once again, uh, since it's kind of a very tall building, but not a very wide one, so there's only like one room per floor. And the bottom floor is very simple. It looks kind of like a small... Yeah, it looks like a small chapel, like a, like a Frontier Pioneer's Day chapel, where they would have like school classes for like the neighborhood kids or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like there's like three rows of pews on each side and then there's like a pulpit where someone could talk from but it's like very small very cozy and you see um in this room there's only one figure and he's sitting in quiet prayer in one of the pews as you guys walk in Um, this character you guys all know is the warden Um, that's what everyone calls him although that is not his like given name or anything Mm -hmm. the figure has kind of Uh, statuesque features Uh, like very well put together you would say Mm -hmm. kind of a silvery skin like perfect complexion like long luxurious hair Um, and he has a kind of purple priest robe on which is uh, has a huge lump in the back because he has wings that he just kind of threw the robe over and as you guys walk in uh, the warden finishes his prayer stands up and goes to greet you and everybody in the room knows this but now all the players know that the warden is an angel.
3: Mind if I do a religion roll real quick to see if I can ascertain which deity it's associated with primarily?
2: Oh, I mean you know, I mean the reason that mm-hmm. Roland like trusts the warden and like does what he says without relatively without question is because Ilium and the surrounding areas as if we established really only has the triad in religion.
3: Mm-hmm. At the very least we have the triad and Ganador.
2: Godador is kind of the the one outsider religion that that you might need to keep track of because of Dora. Mm-hmm. But like in the area it's the triad. So uh the warden is a follower of the of those gods. Torm, god of duty, tear, god of justice, and Ilmater,
4: god of suffering. I'm gonna say Bombershoot is always uncomfortable around the warden for those reasons.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, even if <laughs> I think I even if you didn't want to be, I think I would probably Uh, Suggest it strongly Yeah
4: well I assume
2: And the warden doesn't like you That's cool And he's very upfront about that One thing you guys know from your interactions with the warden Is that angels are incapable of lying They absolutely cannot under any circumstances lie That's just a thing about them And they also know always when someone is lying to them Fuck I imagine there was a bunch of like early uh, interactions Where Bumbershoot tried you know to be Bumbershoot And he was like no, don't do that. I know. <laughs> and that you guys, like, ever since, you guys' interactions are pretty negative. But uh, we'll we'll see how he interacts with everybody else. But you guys walk in, okay. and uh, the warden stands up, and he says, Welcome, welcome, my children. Brother Hawklite, how have you been? And he walks forward to embrace you and just, like, give you like, priest hugs.
3: Roland reciprocates, and then sort of sighs and says, It's been a... <sighs> Interesting mission, to say the least, Warden.
2: Of course. The burden of justice is heavy, Brother Hawklight. Sister Theodora. how are you today?
0: I mean, I feel pretty good. How about you?
2: Uh, every day in the triad's light is a great day. Uh, who, who are you, Who's your friend? He just ignores Bumbershoot, by the way. Just pretends as if he's not there.
3: Uh, this is a newcomer to Ilium. Uh, her name is Zoe.
2: Oh, the the child, I've heard. How are you finding
1: our town? Zoe's eyes are just going to be like, uh, wide with bewilderment because she is seeing a, a physical angel in front of her for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I imagine this is a, a bit beyond like a normal level of comprehension somewhat for, I guess, like the average person of, uh, this world.
2: Yeah. This is absolutely not normal. Let's be clear. Ilium
1: is weird as hell. She's like, uh, uh but you got a lot of weird, People here nice.
2: Hello, sister Zoe. Let me know if you need anything. I'm here for uh any assistance I can aid you. Thanks. Uh it's no problem at all. I live to serve. How can I help you guys today in this beautiful night?
3: Well, we uh have some answers for your latest request.
2: I don't i I didn't see you bring anyone in. I thought this was more of a social call.
3: The situation is that there may be no one to actually bring in. You requested for us to bring in the necromancer, I believe, ne- Maximilian uh, Hawthorne, right?
2: Oh, I didn't know the man's name. I just heard there was dark sorceries going on in town and thought it best uh, to take the opportunity to, uh, to ensure that that didn't go unanswered.
3: Well, we were able to investigate at the party and it just so happened that the necromancer Maximilian Hawthorne has already passed away. Uh, for some time, at least, it seems.
0: Look, we have his stuff!
2: <laughs> S- so you stole a dead man's stuff?
3: No, no, we were we were given permission by his widow, uh, Alice, to uh, present you his ring as evidence of his passing.
2: Oh, I see, I see. Now, this widow, is she conducting dark sorceries?
3: The request specifically was for necromancy. And she is not engaging in necromancy.
2: I sense—I sense something else behind your words, Brother Hawklight. Is there something else you wish to unburden?
3: The situation is a little bit more complicated, if only because of well, the state of Ilium as a town. I'm not sure if you are aware that spirits of the departed can't even leave the boundaries of this town.
2: As you say that, uh, ghosts start floating into the sacrum. <laughs> Uh, through the walls, just a couple. But uh, he looks up and sees them and says, "Oh dear, what have you done this time?" And he looks at Bumbershoot very specifically.
0: Oh, it was actually me.
3: Maximilian Hawthorne was had worked with some magic that would be considered possibly apocryphal by some to devise a means to contain and provide rest to the spirits of the departed who could not escape Ilium. His wife simply provided their remains a way to still have a connection with humanity and still persist and have enjoyment in their afterlife.
2: It seems as though you have undergone a great test, Brother Hocklight. It is, of course, easy to talk of justice, but much harder to enact mercy.
3: This is a lesson I've learned many times before, and it's one of the reasons why I am here.
4: Bobbershoot is trying to like shoo the ghosts away like flies. Yeah. Uh, this absolutely doesn't do anything. Just for flavor, that is what's happening.
3: Yeah,
2: you're like trying to shoo them out of the room, and they're just like. And now, that... <laughs> as soon as you do that and draw attention to yourself, they specifically hove in on you and start to like float into you and just like chill inside your body. Great. Uh, they're very mischievous. I guess. Yeah. And the warden says, uh, we're glad to have you, Brother Hawkley. Every day, you grace us with your presence, brings us closer to the light, and uh, I couldn't have expected more from you. Thank you.
3: As I said, unfortunately, this means there is no person to bring in to face their crimes, as uh, as you can tell.
2: That's not unfortunate at all. Justice only needs to be meted out when there's a cause. Just because you have a sword does not mean you need to swing it, Brother Hawkley."
3: That is true. That is. The teachers of mater are important, and they guide us every day.
2: Although, I suppose it might be unfortunate for the four of you, considering the way in which you have chosen to spend your time here. I apologize if, if I have sent you on a wild goose chase and wasted your time.
0: It was fun. Do we still get
4: our reward?
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think if he just ignores you, because he's not sassy, so he wouldn't like sass you back. We had a contract, and I'm just wanting to know the
4: end of
3: it. I, I, ha, I, I have an idea of what he would say, which would be just even worse.
4: Yeah?
2: What's that?
3: You you found the greatest reward of all, the truth.
4: <laughs> you found the spirit of Christmas.
2: <laughs> what he says is, everyone gets what they deserve, Vic. Ooh.
3: At the very least, stopping the request should provide some relief for the widow, Hawthorne.
2: Yes, of course, of course, of course. Uh, I should have work for you guys soon. I'm, of course, always listening for new opportunities. But in the meantime, if there's anything I can do to help young Zoe settle in, uh, I'm at your service. I'm sorry if, uh, uh, if you were relying on some sort of payment. Unfortunately, that does not appear to be in the cards this time. I put a skeleton in a box!
0: And I'm sorry for filling the town with ghosts. I was just really excited about finding that necromancer, and I thought he was in the box.
2: Yes, that is deeply troubling. Uh, I'm sure I'll be spending the foreseeable future trying to figure out some way to remedy that.
3: One solution may unfortunately, uh, or at least awkwardly, require the services of someone who knows the art of necromancy, or the, well, the forbane art of necromancy, depending on how they practice it.
2: It's quite a puzzle we have for ourselves, Brother Hawklite.
3: Well, puzzles puzzles exist to be solved, so.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes puzzles exist to test us. It's the paths that leads you down that are most important, more so than the solution.
0: Am I in trouble?
2: <laughs> have you done anything wrong, Sister Theodora? Should you be in trouble?
0: I opened a box of ghosts.
2: That is true. <laughs> it seems as though he was trying to bait you into saying maybe no, and then he'll, he'd know if it was a lie. But you just stated a fact, so he just nods.
0: Oh man, I'm gonna get pounded in my sleep.
2: <laughs> so the, in the structure of this campaign, what happens next is there's a downtime period where you all will ex- uh, kind of explore your own personal uh, narratives, like this, the things you have going on that don't involve the group, and that will be the next episode. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll probably do a time skip. To the next mission proper, mm-hmm. so one of the things about this is it's not like one continuous journey to Mordor adventure. Everyone's living their lives in this town, mm-hmm. and we'll just focus on the most interesting things. But for now, the ghosts are spreading throughout the town. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about that presently, maybe you will later, but right now, uh the warden is working on that, so
3: is it possible to just do like the returning of the stuff to Hawthorne like as a closing moment or?
2: Yeah. Okay. So how about this Uh, for the final scene? uh, Everybody tell me what you do after a successful mission or a completed mission, whether or not you judge this as a success because you did not bring anybody back. Although there's infinite possibilities. You definitely could have just arrested Alice. (laughs)
4: Um, Bombershoot usually counts. Uh, his his reward or his bubbles that he collected. Uh, in this case, it is only silverware. Yeah. Um, the living skull is gone now. Yeah,
2: I mean, you also got some wine and cheese if you wanted it. Nah. I got yeah, the cheese. I
4: mean, I no, I don't. I don't. Bumbershoot has no need for it, so he just let uh, you yeah, know, that go.
2: All right. So the scene is Bumbershoot returns to his room and just starts sorting the silverware into his uh, collection of valuables.
4: Yeah. I mean he 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 also he also like remembered that um silver might be useful for ghosts so he's so he's like I meant to do that
3: <laughs> he's, uh, ha- he's hanging yeah. the silver all over his room to keep it from
4: <laughs> no, no 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 he's actually he actually uh, did, is like unsure about how uh Rowan would feel about the stolen all the stolen stuff so he just kind of like packs it away he's not actually afraid of the ghosts cuz they couldn't actually do anything while they were inside them he just kind of hates them Cause they're gross, and they go inside him, and it's it's not it's not polite. So there's that. Uh, and when he's done with that, he just goes to sleep. He's like he's a little he's a little bummed because he didn't get everything he wanted.
0: Dora writes in her Ganny book, which is like a diary, mm-hmm. but instead of "Dear Diary," it starts with "Dear Ganny" to tell him about the the ghosts she unleashed.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gonador is looking down on you, and we've established you can't really communicate out, but he can send messages in. So you finish up your journal entry, which presumably uh, it can read like the silhouette of it through dimensions and like into the like by looking through the uh, the wall of light around Ilium. And so G- Ganador says at the uh, completion of your entry,
4: Master the undead, subjugate the living.
2: And that's what you hear from him, Theodora.
4: Oh, no, I'm undead.
0: I'm going to look at Mr. Smooches and be like, I don't don't even know how how I'm supposed to do that, Mr. Smooches.
2: (laughs) Mr. Smooches pulls his head back inside of his shell and goes to sleep.
0: Yeah, same buddy.
2: So you haven't received any word on your mission progress as far as corrupt the youth goes, but we'll explore that during your your downtime scene if you want to advance either of those goals. You have two very vague mission statements from your god.
3: Roland's going to uh, touch base with Dara and be like, all right, Dora, I guess it's time to return the ring and painting back to Alice, at least.
0: Okay. Also, can you drop this by the warden on your way? And it's like a really big bag full of crabs, and it says, Sorry about the ghosts, and embroidery on it.
3: Yeah, Roland will nod and be like, And I'm on duty for the next crab day as well, so...
2: Roland, you know that the warden does not eat, <laughs> so...
3: Yeah, like, 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 like he will just accept it anyway, and then you know, make the gestures necessary on his own. I mean, he might drop off the crabs like with the 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 lilies as a if for free, just being like just as something on the way.
2: All right, so there's like a there's a montage set to like indie yeah. rock of <laughs> Roland walking around and returning things to people. Yeah, it's very tasteful.
3: I would assume that we get to the door that like the ghost is there still.
2: Yeah, as you're walking across the yard, before you even get to the door, they swing open. And the ghost of Maximilian Hawthorne is standing there, just like staring into you. And behind him, you see the skeletons have uh, gone back into kind of groundskeeper mode. And so they're like sweeping and cleaning and straightening all the mess that was made during the party. And they're all there's, there's skeletons patrolling the grounds they've reformed and stuff. So the skeleton machinery is back in motion.
3: Roland will basically uh, and so hold up the painting and the ring and just say... Can you uh, show me where these belong?
2: And the uh, the door is shut behind you as Max beckons you in, and uh, you return the stuff to the house.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I imagine Zoe is going to be uh, she doesn't go back to the avant garde headquarters. Actually, uh, instead, the scene I kind of imagine is she's outside Tarsus mm-hmm. and she's looking inside, and she's like first like looking at her palms. And then, kind of like uh, grabbing like a lock of her hair, which I think she's just now realized has changed color and everything like that. Yeah, and she just kind of like gives a sigh, like her he- her shoulders just kind of feel like they're suddenly heavy, and she just kind of walks slowly into the into the Tarsus.
2: Okay, so she's going into the the bar inside the hotel building. Yeah,
1: towards the bar to
2: make mischief. Uh, one la- one last scene, and this is kind of like intercut with like her seeing her reflection and feeling her hair and walking towards the bar, and it's just this kind of um intercut series of events i'm picturing of her like seeing the consequences of everything that's happened and feeling the weight of it and being kind of tempted by this kind of a seedy place and it cuts back to all of you guys leaving the sacrum after you're meeting with the warden at the end of the mission and uh as you guys are leaving the warden kind of uh pulls you aside and just says uh uh sister legrand i meant it when i said you can come if you need anything i just want you to feel like you can count on me is that okay
1: I have an idea for what's going to happen. I feel like this is going to be super cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I apologize in advance for that. Uh-huh. But, like, the-, the logic being that this scene got interjected in there. Uh-huh. So, like, as we go back, Zoe's walking towards the Tarsus, like she's about to go for a drink. Yeah. Uh, and instead, she stops, and she sees Noe, who's been initiated into the lilies, and she just kind of watches her from afar and sees her kind of being accepted and then kind of like puts her hands in her pocket and just kind of walks away uh, back towards the avant-garde headquarters with like a small smile on her face.
2: Nice. In the other scene, uh, the warden says, everyone around here just calls me the warden because I keep all the bad people locked away. But uh, you can call me Warden Light or just Light. Everywhere I go,
4: I try to spread the warmth and love of our gods. What do I roll for Bumbershoot to know how to murder an angel? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the perfect, most treasured question I have ever heard
4: is: Is it? Would it be Arcana? No, it's a hundred. It's religion. Nine. Uh, he has very average knowledge of angels, or <laughs> below average. All right. So, Bumbershoot,
2: you're kept awake at night with thinking about how all of your your party members have kept you from personal gain, and how. <laughs> Garrick pisses you off and an angel bosses you around and all of the fiends in town don't respect you. And you get up and you march over and you find a book and you start flipping through it and you're trying to figure out how to kill an angel. And uh, with a nine, what you know is they are resistant to most things. They are resistant to physical attacks. They are resistant to magic. They are resistant to emotional attacks (laughs) there's very little you can do um like out of character like the weakest angel in the monster manual could take like a level 15 team like Mm -hmm. they start final boss and go up from there okay so bumbershoot your research is very disheartening it's not impossible but you do not think you have or know how to get any of the means to do that it's not off the table but something is going to have to happen to significantly change your power level. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind is you do know someone with a sacred artifact blessed by a dragon God. Yeah. <laughs> which is very powerful. That's the closest thing you can think of to kind of uh, the boost you would need. Yeah. But it's not, it's not great. And I think as this uh, re- realization settles down over you, I think maybe uh, you start to feel hungry.
4: Oh Yeah.
2: Uh, so everybody's been waiting for it. In a sense, everything we've done now has been kind of annoying people because it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just, I want to end the episode with this simple question. Who are you going to kill?
4: I have a good idea about who I want to kill, but I want to think it over and also listen to the episode again so I don't fuck anything up. So, uh, but, but it, it, the answer is... Someone's about to die.
2: As always I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our music, which includes Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, an arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, Simply Be Grooved, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts, and In the Beginning there was Jazz, an arrangement of Beginning from Castlevania. Executive producers for the month of April twenty seventeen are Kirstine Haslinger, Exstellaris, Joseph Tombrello, Andrew Grothin, Jade, the Cult of Gorfinax, Irving Royale, Paul Mullen, Finch de Young, Arjun Deconing, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent Riptor, Stormwolf, Miko Kurjo Kangas, Dennis Bangston, Josh Mosier, Andigo Van Dane, James Bevan, Alison Ansell, Sidney Marsing, Just Jester, John Potts, Kevin Dobbins, Savard and Akrisimova, Carl Brady Warner, Kitty Foe. James Neely, Eugene T., Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stoulfar, Sean the host of Funk Dunk, Giorgio O'Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlotte, Jorit, Vigor Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Grimm. If you want to be added to this list, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Austin and you can support Leon at patreon.com slash Renegade Cut, and you can also find Chris at patreon.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. You can also help out by finding us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, or wherever else you found the show, and liking, rating, or leaving a comment. Every little bit helps, and word of mouth is the only way anyone ever finds out about us. What would an ad for this show even sound like? Yes, come listen to a video game critic pretend to be a lesbian elf. Actually, there's probably a market for that.